Welcome to the Rival and Queen podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. We're so excited. I'm so happy to see you again, Sarah. Happy Thursday, Ashley, to everyone listening. We love you. And now that the bubble in Halifax is officially, or Nova Scotia, I should say, bursted, we are able to hug each other. Okay, Ashley. That <laughs> publicly, Sarah, weeks not ago. be judged. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I have hugged people publicly. I don't know if I'm still supposed to do that, and I'm sorry if that's upsetting to anyone. Ashley. But we're sending everyone all the hugs right now. We are. We are coming to full freedom, and we love it. We are so amped. Ashley? Yeah. Oh, do you know what actually I was thinking before we started this? For anyone who's watching this episode on YouTube, we've been releasing all our episodes on YouTube lately. They are going to love the difference in our hair from I this knew- intro to the actual <laughs> recording. We I just both got our hair that. done. Sarah. For the first time in four months, I got my hair done yesterday. Ash, you got yours done the day before. Yeah. And mine's a bit darker this time. I went a bit darker and also just fresh. Sarah, your hair looks great. Thank Shout out to Iron Salon, to Nathan and Sarah. We love you. <laughs> for hooking us up. I feel like I overcorrected though. It was four months since I got my hair done. And for everyone listening, I normally take hair supplements to make my hair grow faster, which I love. But I actually stopped taking them because my roots were getting... I just looked like I had brown hair if my hair was back in a ponytail. <laughs> like It was getting so bad. So I overcorrected and was like, give us extra blonde this time, Nathan. I feel um, like I did the opposite because, well, my hair was also super dark and super rooty. And I kind of wanted to go more natural. Now I feel like it's so dark. But hey, summer's here. I'm going to hit the beach, be in the sun, It'll brighten right back up. You look beautiful. What I will say, though, I was like, if a second wave of COVID hits and the hair salons go shut down again, like I'm screwed. You're going to look great. Will you let me do your hair? Because I'll (laughs) I'll do it for you. Yes. Nathan was like, you will be so screwed if it closes down again. He's like, I'll I'll drop off some some root stuff for you. We we could do the cap, you know, when they used to do the the, I don't know what it's called. A highlighting cap. I actually (laughs) wanted to ask him about that yesterday because I was like, how upset would he be with me if I did this? The only thing is if that goes on your head and your hair is so curly and so long, how would we get it off? Because you know how it like lifts off the head? It would be so cutting. We're cutting it off, Ashley. (laughs) Every little hole. (laughs) I think let's hope that we never have to do this. That's what we're going to hope for. But for anyone watching on YouTube, this episode particularly enjoy when we switch from the intro to our interview with Taylor and the shades of difference in our hair. The continuity. (laughs) We're not Not winning on that side. That's fine. All good. Ash, we had a big week. We did have a big week, Sarah. We just finished our second virtual event, really our third. We did one a few months ago during the prime of COVID, which was awesome. We had almost 70 people and we just completed our first virtual makeup lesson with Vicky Mina. And then we did another wine tasting with Jess Babin, which was so fun. It was so fun. We have so, so, so much fun with the community. And like yesterday I had to sleep in because I was so exhausted because it feels still like a real life party i and, think and in my mind a tad hungover well i i had a little headache from the the wine <laughs> every time we do a wine tasting i'm a hundred percent hungover the next day i still was able to get up but i needed like a moment same but it was so fun and we got to meet this time a few new people well each time actually that we've never met before um so shout out to you guys thanks for joining our our virtual fam and our community we're, we're excited to have you. you 
We yeah, we love you guys so much. And it's I that's my favorite part about doing the events, Ash, is every time we do them, there's new people who come into the community. And it's so awesome to meet everyone. And and anyways, for everyone who's come to one of the events, we love you so much and we appreciate it so much. And if you haven't come yet and you wanna come to one, we're doing we have two more left for the summer. So we've got one Monday, July 6th with Flow Meditation. They are doing an online guided meditation for us. So that's like a night of self-care, self-love. Mm-hmm. Come hang. And then we've got also... And that one's a donation only for um, businesses jamming too. Yeah, all the money. So from all of our events, actually, that's a great point. We're giving a portion of our sales to um, the Black Business Initiatives, charitable initiative, Businesses Jamming for Youth. Um, and they help encourage Black youth throughout Nova Scotia by teaching them entrepreneurship. We love that. So for the flow meditation one, July 6th, that's a purely donation event. So come join us. We want every, as many people as we can to come to that event. Then Thursday, July 16th, we're back again with Vicky Mina and with my sister, Jennifer Murphy for another makeup lesson in depth. Cannot wait. So excited. I use my deep voice. That's how we know I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So if anyone wants to come join us, we'd love to have you. You can get your tickets, rivalandqueen.com slash events. Come hang with us. We love it. We hope to see you there. It's going to be fun. So fun. Ashley, I have one other thing I want to discuss with you before we dive into introducing our fantastic guests. Yes. Spoiler, Taylor Crosby. We love you. So it's a week since. So, okay, I'm going to describe this terribly. A week ago. On June 18th, it was 32 days until my 32nd birthday. Yes. For anyone new here, I'm obsessed with my birthday, favorite day of the year. It's a celebration of my mind. You cannot upset Sarah near her birthday. She will be not happy. We almost no. did yesterday. Oh, yeah, because Greg, Ashley's brother, tried to hijack my birthday and set it out in Cole Harbor. No shade to Cole Harbor. A lot of love. But it's just so far away, and that's not where I want to have my birthday. Just not your vision. But, yeah, so you were starting your birthday goals early, Sarah. I'm like, want to feel awesome on my birthday. I so I am pre-celebrating 32 days in advance doing 32 days of Pilates or yoga. I just describe it as 32 days of Pilates because it's got a better ring to it. But oh, I yeah. do let yoga be part of it. Um, so I've already missed a day because I forgot. <laughs> That's so okay. we're habit building, but we're six out of 32 so far. We got at least one double header in the mix. Ash, you've been doing it with me. Yeah, well, I I started, I did my thing the same as yours, but it went after my birthday. I wanted to do 33 days of like more personal care, which was a bit of meditation, which I haven't been doing, but I really need to because I feel a bit crazy and overwhelmed at times. But I've been keeping, I have a tick chart here of 33 days, which ends on June 27th, which is in three days. So I have only missed three days, but... Two of those three days I did golf. So I still mm. think that that was like a physical activity in my mind. But I am happy to tag on extra workouts to really complete like what you're doing, Sarah, and and continue into your 32nd birthday. So yeah, you're going to end up with 65 days. Of yeah, but Pilates. I mean, it's not really showing or any changes right now because I've just been eating and drinking way more lately. But whatever. Ooh. Haven't told you this one yet, Ash. This is a real news break. I'm not going to drink for the next few days. That's okay. Like maybe a couple of weeks. I've just decided. I don't want to. Need Whatever you're feeling. To focus on my Pilates. I feel you. <laughs> I know sometimes I do that. Well, in the summer, it's hard because there's so much going on. But I think it's good even 
during the week to not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm on a hiatus. We don't know how long it's going to last. So guys, stay tuned. Maybe next Thursday I'll be off the hiatus. Yeah, it's Canada Canada Day next week. So I don't care. Just give me the sparkling water. Okay, you can be our DD. You know what? That sounds like a great <laughs> job for me. <laughs> Until I forget and then I've had too many to drink and we'll have no way home. Yeah. All good. You know what? Whatever you're feeling. <laughs> But yeah, we're so excited to introduce our guest this week. We have Taylor Crosby, who is a local gal. She actually lives down in the States, but she is from Coal Harbor. And I've known Taylor for, I don't know, a long time. I remember seeing her at the rink running around watching her brother. I was watching my brother. And I mean, she's still able to watch her brother today because he still plays in the NHL. My brother does not. So we do also watch Sydney and other NHL players, which we haven't been able to lately, Sarah, which is uh, kind of weird. Baseball's coming back, though. I love baseball, but I also love hockey. And so we can't wait for hockey to return. And, you know, while we're waiting, we figured we'd fill that gap by getting Taylor on. And she was so lovely. It was the first time I've met her. You guys have a great relationship. And I'm so happy you you guys connected and lined it all up because Uh, Like, what a lovely soul. Like, just so bright and sparkly. And so in our conversation with Taylor today, guys, we talk a lot about her experiences being a female athlete, what that looks like. And, um, you know, obviously it's different. Like, if you look at male athletes, you can. You can go on and play in the NHL. And that just today doesn't exist for women. But it was really nice to hear her talk about um, her hopes for the future of female sports, her experiences, and she's so positive about it. And really, we dive into kind of how all those skill sets she's developed playing sports her life are now transferring into kind of her next phase of life as she's entering and growing her career. Great, great, great conversation. She was so much fun. Yeah, it was so good to see her. And she was actually self-isolating during that time. So I think it was really nice for us to to connect and, and see what she's been up to and how she's doing. So it's a really great conversation. I know. And we're going to all get together in person next week. And I can't wait to actually. Yes. Am I allowed to hug her? I don't know. In, in the flesh? See people Guys, in the someone, flesh? someone text me the hugging rules if I'm allowed to hug people now or not. <laughs> maybe just ask for permission, Sarah, before you do it. I think that would just oh, be no. maybe a good practice for you. I do do that. I'm like, can I touch you? Like, how do we feel about these things? Yeah. But... Anyways, Taylor, if you're listening to this, please just let me know how you feel about personal boundaries before we meet next week. <laughs> I love it. All right, Ash, shall we dive into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. She is a Coal Harbor native, a role model, a women's hockey player, who most recently played for St. Cloud University. And she also happens to be the younger sister of Sydney Crosby. We are happy you are with us here tonight, Taylor, and you're back on Canadian soil. So welcome to the Rival and Queen virtual studio. Thanks yeah. for having me. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited. So nice to see your smiley face. And Sarah and I love doing this so much, though it's remote. It's it's so much fun. So Yeah, it gives me something to do while I'm in quarantine for a little bit. <laughs> I know. So how many days are you into quarantine right now? Uh, I think I'm 10 days in. Oh, oh, no problem. This should maybe be our new like rival and queen pitch is just like reaching out to people in quarantine. (laughs) Or do you want to talk to us for a little bit? Yeah. Do you have an hour on Monday or Wednesdays? We are free. (laughs) We'll entertain you. (laughs) Absolutely. 
So what have you been doing to keep busy right now? I mean, there's no sports on TV. This is usually probably a time when you and or your family are super into the, I guess it would be kind of the finals in, in hockey right now, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, like I was still in school, so I was, I was in grad school. So I, or I am in grad school. So I was doing like school work. So I was actually part of that whole transition from, you know, going to classes and being in the school to actually being on zoom and doing those. So up until I think it was, you know, middle of May, I was doing classes online and, you know, doing papers and that sort of thing. And then once the semester ended, it was really focusing on what kind of things I could do from a productive standpoint or from a personal standpoint, like looking at those, some of those goals that maybe you push to the side or you don't do them because, you know, you don't have time or whatnot. So that was kind of what I was doing after school, but obviously being back in quarantine, it's been um, a little bit more difficult to, to fulfill those goals and, you know, being in a, in a house, but just trying to stay busy and keep in touch with everyone and, you know, prepare for after quarantine to see everyone and to kind of go back to normal for sure. Emotionally get ready for social reintegration. And it's funny because every time you're around people, you get almost tired, like actually talking and socializing. You're like, wow, I need to go to sleep for a little bit. And, and it's so uh, true. the next part. So I've adopted napping. <laughs> and it's so true. I find because people want to reconnect more and more through Zoom and through all these video calls, it is exhausting. You're on there for two hours and you're staring at a screen, which you're probably staring at for school uh, and work and things. And then you have to socialize on top of that. It's it's not easy. I know. I was uh, I was fortunate, though, because I had so many friends from school that, you know, they were all over the place. So I actually... I try to utilize that time and reconnect with them and um, which was awesome too, because just so many times where you don't send the text, you don't call them. So it was just an even better reason to, to sit down and have a zoom call or to, you know, have a glass of wine and, and chit chat about whatever was going on. So, um, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> you can't complain about that really. It, it is a nice time to make space for stuff like that. And like you said, kind of maybe rethink goals or, or think about what you're going to do after because it does feel, I feel like it doesn't feel like this for me anymore, but it did feel like this like rebirth of being able to recreate yourself and think about what you want to do after because you've had time to really focus and think. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think to you, the way I saw it was that I was fortunate to be in a position where I could do that. You know, not everyone um, was. So I really wanted to try and be productive or try to utilize that time as much as possible because, you know, I, I was given an opportunity to do it and I had the time to, so, um, you just try to make the most of it in a really, really weird situation. Did you knock out any fun goals? Pardon? Did you knock out any fun goals? Everything is still a work in progress. It, like, it's crazy. Because I feel like I, I'll do one thing. I'm like, oh, today I really want to work on like doing, or this week I want to do my journal. So I journal this week, but then you almost feel like you're not doing enough or you're not really doing much of anything because it's not like you can go out to do like a workout and do this or that. It's, it's more so like internal, I feel like, which has been, it's been good. You can really focus on yourself and focus on, you know, what's going on inside. But that's Sarah's basically motivation every day. (laughs) Journaling. So many journals. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you just write down a piece of paper and then you put it to the side and then you're like, oh, I remember when I wrote that two weeks ago. But Totally. I'm with you. I'm here for it. Yeah. 
And it's really interesting too, because I do set those routines, like whether it be journaling or working out or meditation, whatever, but I find I'm, they're still so fluid. Some days I just don't feel like doing it. And some days I'm really into it, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a really weird time. So I think it's fun to explore those self-development things. Sarah's like, yeah. Be in the ebb and flow. Live, live each day. Right. Exactly. You kind of have to take it as is and like just make the most of it because, and I think actually what you were saying too is, is so true because it's almost like with more time you, you are able to fluctuate a little bit. You're like, Oh, I don't have to do this right now. There's less structure. There's not as much pressure to do it. Whereas if you have a, you know, a set schedule, if you have your routines, your work your school, um, you kind of have to. So when you have more time, it's almost like, Oh, we're going to do that today. And you really do have to hone in and focus on um, those goals and, and be consistent, I guess. Absolutely. Taylor, what are you doing in school right now? So when I went to St. Cloud, I, um, I graduated with marketing and PR. So that was kind of when I went and started working with the Penguins. That's what I was doing. And then uh, just wasn't the right fit for me. And so then I went and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up going back to grad school for developmental psychology. So working with kids and working with, at schools and working with like different behaviors um, and so for me, that kind of stemmed from coaching. So that was, I really love coaching. I really love being around kids and being at camps and, and being a part of that whole atmosphere. And I think when I didn't get that from marketing and PR, which is you know very different than coaching, I think it just, it really made me question, okay, what do I want to do on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm in for developmental psychology, but when I first, my first week of classes, I was sitting there and I remember thinking like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it was actually th- that feeling of, I finally found it after, you know, five years. <laughs> My heart. I'm so That's happy amazing. for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. But obviously with the circumstances, I was doing an internship and I was working with students in Pittsburgh and um, that was fun. But as soon as this happened, that kind of that ended as well. So I'm excited to get back to, to Pittsburgh and work with them again, but that will be later in the fall, I guess. Okay, so you're home for the summer now. Like for school, school's going to be out soon and, and you're able to kind of have a bit of a vacation before you go back into that. That's really nice. Oh, that's I'm so happy to hear that, that that's something you found. It se- sounds like it's your calling or something that really makes you happy. Right, and I think it was funny because I, I remember reflecting on even, you know, when you're 18 or 19 and you're trying to decide, you know, what do you want to do or what, you know, major you want. I remember thinking, oh, like marketing PR, that's kind of a basic uh, major in that, you know, I can do many different things, mm-hmm. but it's crazy to think that people are asked to make that large life decision at such a young age, because I feel like I, even now, like I still go back and forth every day and wonder like, okay, what specifically do I want to do with this? I know I love it. I know I really want to work with kids or want to be in this atmosphere, this environment, but you know, what specifically is it that I want to do? So, I mean, for people that say they want to be doctors or teachers, and I know hundred percent, like I'm really jealous of them because I feel like that's not the large majority of people, but yeah, I, I, I feel fortunate that I was able to kind of go back and, and find something that I really love. It's so interesting that you say that because Sarah and I recently talked to a career coach, let's say, um, that we're going to have in the next few weeks on. And that's something Sarah and I have talked about a lot. My parents used to tell me, you should be a teacher. You're so good with kids. You'd be such a good teacher. I was like, I don't want to be a damn teacher. Like no shade on the teachers, but I just don't want to be a teacher. But I had no idea 
what I want it to be, but I kind of envisioned, and I know Sarah's kind of like that too, that you always wanted to like work for yourself or, but it's still so unclear. And I am envious, like you said, that people just know at a certain age, like, oh, this is what I want to do. And they do that program and they just continue on through their career. But I think it takes time and we all come through different paths to kind of find out where we're meant to be. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I think that at the end of the day, if you find something that you truly love, then you can consider yourself pretty lucky. Totally. I have a question because Ashley, I know you and Taylor know each other and I'm just meeting you now, which is lovely. I'm so happy to meet you. <laughs> uh, um, but a- as you mentioned, and as Ashley kind of referred to, you played hockey when you were at St. Cloud. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about your kind of life as an athlete and, and at what level you played? Yeah, sure. I So I left home. I was thinking about this. So it was 10 years ago. So when I was 14, I left home. Wow. That's young, what? Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember leaving home and I was like, oh, I'm so grown up. Like, I'm really, I, don't <laughs> I got this. I, have, I know everything. And I look back on it. I'm like, how did my parents even let me leave at that age? There's no way that I would let my daughter leave at 14. <laughs> you're like calling your mom. Yeah. And, and in the U.S., correct? Like you're not even nearby. Right. So I went to um, Shattuck, St. Mary. So it was in a small town in Minnesota. So I went there for four years. I did a high school and junior high. And then when I graduated, I went to Northeastern University um, in Boston. So that was kind of, uh, so 10 years ago, I went, left home, then I went to Northeastern, and then I transferred to St. Cloud State. And that was kind of my journey through through the different schools that I've gone to. So when you were 14, you left school, you left home to go play hockey. Is that why? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So, then, so when you guys sent me, sent me some of, you know, what we were going to talk about, some of the touch points, I was thinking, you know, how different female hockey was even here. So there was 10 girls on my team. So maybe 10 girls and I was the only goalie and we practiced twice a week and we had like maybe one game. So for me, I, that was, I wanted to play at the highest level. I wanted to play university in the NCAA division one. And so for me, like I couldn't, do that here I wasn't going to be able to compete with some of the other girls that were practicing and they were playing a lot so I didn't really have any other option than to leave and and so Shattuck was obviously kind of well known for being you know hockey school and um, a prep school so yeah I left and I still think it's I mean now today you look back and female hockey has grown so much you don't have to leave here anymore you can you can stay the competition is is high there's so many you know, great coaches here, there's tools here, there's people here that can help you get to that next level. But for me, that was kind of the only option that I had at the time. But yeah, it's crazy to think that it was, I was 14 and just left home. That is like, oh, sorry, Ash. No, I was going to say, that's crazy, but I want to hear what you were going to say. Well, like, what? Yeah, okay, because it's going to be absurd, obviously. (laughs) But like, I think it's so interesting because you just mentioned that you know at 19 you had to make this life decision about what you wanted to do but it sounds like at 14 you had that clarity which is like really interesting right like you knew you wanted to go away and play hockey which as a 14 year old like I'm gonna be honest with you I was not aware of opportunities to leave my home maybe I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was really young but yeah like I mean I wanted to go on and play in the Olympics that was like my big dream okay that's the dream that was the dream. So 
um, for me, I was like, if I have to leave home, I'm going to go leave home and, and go to Shattuck. So I did. And, and to this day, I still say that, that the four years there were the best experience of my life. I had so much fun. It was like a little, I don't even know. It was, it was a family. Like I still could go back there and see the same teachers and see these people and still reconnect with them and, and feel a part of that family. So it's, it's really special. And I'm, I'm super grateful and thankful, I guess, for the opportunity that I was able to even go and experience that. Absolutely. That's amazing. When Taylor, if you can remember, did you, obviously you started playing hockey. I don't know at what age, but when did you realize like I'm good at hockey and I want to keep playing hockey? Do you remember how old you were when you had that kind of first connection with it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, I I grew up, I basically grew up at a rink. So I, I was around it and I think I always felt attached to it in some regard, whether it was you know, watching or cheering or just running around the rink. And I remember seeing you run around. I was much older than you, but I remember seeing you. You were like this little girl. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I was there and I just loved it. I loved the feeling of being at the rink. And so when I was eight, I remember I, I tried to convince my parents to let me play and they were, they needed some convincing because I think they, part of them thought that I wanted to play just because of Sydney. It wasn't necessarily because I wanted to play. And they didn't want me to feel that pressure. So it took me two years to kind of convince them to, to let me play. And once I did though, so I was 10 when I started and I don't think I had necessarily, I don't think I ever questioned like being, it wasn't about being good. I just wanted to be good enough that I could go and play somewhere. I knew what my goal was playing the Olympics. So I don't think it was, necessarily oh I'm really good at goalie or I'm really good at hockey it was more so I want to get better you know every time I'm on the ice or I want to get better and I want to be the best that I can be so that I can go and do this but I think you know as time went on I I, you know I was starting to try out for teams I was starting to play at a higher level and I was starting to kind of make a name for myself in the female hockey like world so I think it took a couple years before I was like okay like this is this is possible. Whereas when I first started, it was just something that I knew I wanted to work hard and to try to achieve when I was 10. But yeah. That's awesome. And you mentioned you played the position, you're a goaltender. So what kind of, I know your dad was a goaltender. Is that why you chose that position? Because I feel like a lot of parents try and say not to be a goalie because it's hard. It's expensive. There's only what two typically on a team. So what kind of made you pick that position honestly and I, I don't know I really don't it, it almost, I don't want to say like it was just like thrown upon me one day and I just woke up and I was like I want to be a goalie but I really don't have there wasn't a moment that I was I don't like can't pinpoint but I do remember going to the games and and being you know really interested in the pads and like the the swagger of goalies like I like the way the ice that they kind of like they were stretching and they had this like confidence or they had this sort of like, I can't even, I can't even describe it, but I was always very intrigued by it. And I don't know if that kind of was a genetic thing because my dad was a goalie and I was, you know, wanted to kind of be like him or if, I don't know, but I, I just remember that it was like one day I woke up and I told my parents, Hey, like, I want to be a goalie. And they're like, what, like, what, <laughs> what is going on? Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously my dad being a goalie was a huge part of it. Like I felt like I was a lot closer with him because of it, but yeah, I can, I still remember cause I did try to be a player at one point I had a couple goals and I remember sitting on the, on the bench after I scored and I was like, 
I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't like the same, it wasn't the same feeling that I got when I made a save. And I think to this day, I still don't have something that's comparable to that feeling of making a save. Um, that same like adrenaline rush, which is, is, is cool, but it's also, I think that unless you're a goalie, you can't even relate to that feeling. Well, we can't because I've never been a goalie <laughs> in soccer the odd time. <laughs> I feel like I'm relating in my heart right now as you're talking about these things. I'm like, oh my God, I can feel it. Sarah, have you ever played hockey? No, I can skate though. <laughs> have I ever played hockey? No, I grew up, well, I, I did ballet. Come on, Ash, let's. <laughs> ballet. I think very different. Ballet, a little bit, right? Yes. What? Every girl does ballet or tap jazz, like that whole, it's a phase. It was a phase. It was my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sarah's calling. She still, she went to university and was on the dance and cheerleading team. So <laughs> at least you were good, Sarah. Yeah. No, I like dancing. So are you. We're all, I think we're all dancers at heart. Or goalies. <laughs> yeah. All the same. Yeah. <laughs> all good at something. <laughs> I think it's so interesting, though, like how much this sport has changed. Well, and even when you talk about ballet, because like you said, you had to convince your parents to let you play hockey. And that wasn't obviously your brother's case. Mm -hmm. And like you had to go away to to play and and keep going. Like, it's fantastic that you had that passion at such a young age. But I mean, like how much has this the sport changed for women? Oh my God. It's incredible. And that's why I was laughing because I was just, I was just trying to reflect on my experience and, you know, some of the things that I went through. And I don't think I necessarily felt, I don't even know if I felt that, that tug or that, you know, comparison between boys and girls hockey, you know, I played with the boys and I played with the girls. So I had both sides, but I never kind of saw the transition. And then when you look back when I was, I think I was probably in university at this point and I look back and I, saw that, the, you know, teams here were, were larger. They had more um, competitive teams, travel teams. And I was thinking like, yeah, I was a part of that. Like I was, you know, the girl when there was 10 girls on the team, one goalie, and now there's girls, there's tryouts for multiple teams. So it's incredible that, you know, in, you know, such a short amount of time and in the grand scheme of things that it's grown so much and it's so well recognized now, especially in the States too. It's, it's a huge deal. And, um, I think that overall, like all the other, everyone else is trying to, you know, catch up and to, to really broadcast some of the girls and their talents and and the sport itself. Absolutely. What do you think, this is probably a question you get asked all the time, but I feel like being, I played sports my whole life, obviously not even after university I stopped or I didn't even play to university, but there's always stereotypes that are associated with, with female athletes, but I feel like with hockey players for women, it's, it's even bigger that there's a stereotype around that. Like, do you kind of feel that, um, stereotype or do you experience those, those sorts of things? Yeah. I think I personally, I noticed it more after I was done playing, you know, when you would tell someone, Oh, I played, I played hockey or I played division one hockey there was like, Oh, you did. Like, I, I wouldn't expect you, you to play hockey because you know, you're wearing this or that. Like there was almost like a, this physical appearance that was probably a part of being, you know, an athlete. And I don't think when I was playing, I necessarily felt that stereotype. I think that there, obviously there's, 
this big, strong type stereotype that's associated with being an athlete and being strong and muscular. But um, I think after I stopped playing, there was this feeling that I couldn't almost do both. Like I couldn't be um, a professional and be an athlete at a certain point. Like there was almost like a, it didn't, it didn't go together. Like you had to be one or the other. It couldn't be both. And I don't know. I think to me, like that was probably, that's part, part of the issue of why maybe um, female sports are still trying to, to, to grasp and to grow because there's this idea of what it looks like to be a female athlete when it shouldn't be a look, it should just be, this is what I am. This is what I do. And I think that's kind of the, the, the issue maybe. Yeah. It's always interesting because no matter even what industry you're in for work or what sports you play, there's people always have as something associated with like what that looks like in a box. But I mean, it's just so ridiculous, but I, I feel like you would have definitely experienced, um, yeah, those sorts of comments, like you said, well, you don't look like uh, a female hockey player or whatever. And it's just, it's so absurd. I think that people just place, you know, you can think about it in a number of you know different settings, but I think you're placed to a category or into a structure system that's kind of created by a society. You know, it's, if you're this then you're placed into this category, if you like this and you're placed into that category and it's not necessarily fluid. So yeah, I think that probably everyone's, I don't know, necessarily struggles with it, but I think that it's probably prevalent in, in all sports and whether you're male or female, you know, if you're, if you are a male, it's probably a similar take. I have a question. Like you kind of mentioned this at some point, you know, you, you wanted, you couldn't have hockey and a career. Was that a hard thing to like go through? I know kind of, unless you, you know, are like your brother and get to play at the highest level for your career, you know, he plays in the NHL. And like for many athletes, that's a, I think a hard time, like you see it with athletes here in university after they, they, they go places, they put their career on hold for a few years to see where they can keep playing. And then I even think for women, maybe you can talk about this, like those options don't really exist past university, do they? Or Yeah. I mean, I think now today there's obviously, there are leagues that you can play, but they're by no means at the same level as the NHL or or some of the professional leagues for the, for the men. But um, I think that, you know, as time goes on, they will have those leagues that are more prominent that, you can go and just play females can go and just play hockey and not have to have a second career in order to, you know, have a life. But I think that for me, I'm probably a part of a large majority group of the females that go to school, they play hockey, they go to, and then they graduate and then they're saying what's next. And so for them, what's next is a career. And I think that adjustment for me took time and it was, um, it was diff- it was difficult, but it was also very overwhelming in the sense where you're almost overwhelmed with all of the opportunities or all the things that you want to do because for so long your identity or your goal had been to play hockey or to be the best hockey player. And so then all of a sudden you graduate, you no longer play. And now it's like, okay, well, what's my career? What is my, what's, what's next? What do I want to do? Do I want to be you know, a dancer? Do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be a doctor? What, you know, all of these things kind of come at you really fast and all these big life decisions. But so for me, I, I think it probably took up until, you know, going back to grad school. So up 
almost two years to, for me to be like, okay, like this is the new me in a sense. But I think that being a hockey player is still part of my identity because I can take things that I've learned from the sport and apply them to my work. But that took time. And I think that um, when you identify those, those values, you know, hard work, teamwork, you know, all of those kind of lessons that you take away, you almost say, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't for nothing, or it wasn't just a separate identity. This is actually a part of who I am now. And it's a part of who I'm going to become, which is, it's kind of, it's a really cool um, stepping stone. But I, again, like I said, I think I'm a large, a part of a larger majority of women that play a sport, they go to school and they graduate and they have to move on to, to something else. But I think it's reassuring when you're able to actually take away so many wonderful experiences and life lessons and apply them to, you know, your quote unquote new life is what I was saying. <laughs> There's <laughs> transitional skill sets. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And you maybe don't realize, I feel, I just still feel like that would be so hard. It, it, and this is not so much a question as just like, I guess maybe your perspective on it. Like I just psychologically, like you don't get the opportunity to make something bigger of this. And that's just frustrating to me, yeah. even listening to you talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and to me, the, the it is frustrating, but to me, I think like we had talked about before is that to see how much it's grown from the time I began, you know, playing hockey, I think that there's just so much, there's a positive, you know, positive trend, you know, and if everyone's patient and they're consistent and they still continue to, um, grow the game that eventually it will get there. And I think just because I'm not a part of that doesn't mean that I don't believe that it will get there or that I want to help be a part of that. That's awesome. That's so promising. Like that feels wonderful. Yeah. I just think that people, sometimes they, they, they forget about the history and how, you know, it's been 15 years maybe that, you know, we've made this progress. So just think another 15 years, it's not going to happen overnight, but um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited for the girls. I'm a little jealous. I will say I'm a little jealous of them, but I think that I'm excited, more excited for them to have that opportunity. That's awesome. I love what you said about the the skills that sports teach you, how they're so transferable in transferable. I can't talk today into everyday life or into your new quote unquote, like career in life. And I think that is so true. Like being able to work under pressure and work with others and be a leader is something that when you're hiring a person, that is like the main things that you look for. So I think that sports definitely teach us all so many great things that do go forward into life. And like just (laughs) discipline for training. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Like go to bed early, get up and train. Oh my God. Tell us, do you go to bed early? Do I? Yeah, I try to, but I, I'm the worst. Well, what's early? I mean, I could, I could go to bed at 10, but still stay awake until 1230. But okay. then, but then I almost have to punish myself because I'm like, okay, well I have to get up at 630 then, but I'm not going to over, like I have to, basically it's the six and a half hours. Like I didn't go to bed early enough. So I have to get up kind of thing. But, um, I wish I could go to bed early. I wish I was a good sleeper because there's people that they can fall asleep like that. And I'm jealous of them. I'm not one of those people. Neither am I. Are you guys night owls? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, Sarah is. She's like 2.30. She forgot. She started reading and she's like, what's happening? No, I'm not a night owl. I'm a, I'm a no schedule person. Yeah. I really like when other you're, people You're a night sense. nomad. 
whatever. <laughs> but I could also go to bed at 9.30, so who knows? Keep people on their toes. That's Always. Right. So Taylor, like you just mentioned, you transitioned from, well, you're still in university, but kind of that career or hockey, sorry, focus to now kind of career driven focus. And what has your daily life, how has that changed? What's different? I'm sure before you were like practice training, uh, really focused on hockey. And, and now what does your day look like? Well, I will. So when I, after I graduated, I was working, so I was working like a nine to five job. And I think that that transition was a lot more difficult than, you know, being back in school and having my internship today. So originally when I started working after school and, you know, training and playing hockey, it was hard. I was so tired. I could not imagine having to have kids, having to actually take care of other people besides myself. I was exhausted and I didn't, you know, it would, it would be a task just to get home from work and have to make myself suffer. And, and I, it was, I mean, it was eye-opening because I felt like, oh, I felt like I was an athlete. I was doing, you know, I was doing school, I was working out, I was skating, you know, all these different things, but um, you know, it was a whole different lifestyle that certainly needed some time to adjust. So um, obviously over the course of time, I adjusted to that and, and was able to fit in working out before work or after work. And like the thought of working out after you have a whole day of sitting at your desk at the office was just, it was beyond me. I was like, there's no way I could see people running you know, doing half marathons after they work or after this. And I was like, how do they do that? How do they function? It's incredible. I'm um, sorry. I, I still want to know how they do it. I know. It's, 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 and then have to have children to take out, like, to look after. I have Henry, so he was, <laughs> he kept me busy. But um, that for sure was a huge adjustment. And I think um, transitioning back to, now with grad school and the internship, I think that that certainly is more of a more relatable to what it was like when I was playing hockey because there's it's very flexible and, and the time is is scattered more so. So I have class or I have my internship depending on the day. Um, that's that has been a lot more has been easier, but certainly the work like a normal job has, was um, a bit of a an adjustment, but you learn and, and, and you, again, you utilize those skills that you learn playing hockey and being on a team and you kind of prioritize and you find ways to, to get some energy and to, you know, work out or, you know, have a healthy lifestyle and still maintain a career and be better and, and that sort of thing. But it certainly was an adjustment to say the least. I often wonder, and my brother and I have this conversation all the time, I'm like, how did her parents well my dad was working a lot I'm like how did our mom do everything how did she make dinner take you to hockey take me to tennis to ballet to soccer you it was it's crazy because I'm with you I can barely sometimes take care of myself or make dinner for myself put my laundry away God help us when we have children oh and you know what my mom doesn't drink coffee so I was thinking (laughs) come on I was thinking like how did you function like there's no way that that's even possible because I would have, I would have coffee. I would need to have, if I didn't have coffee, then there's no way that I would be able to do all of those things and take care of kids and drive them places and to be a part of that. So <laughs> I, uh, I certainly have to start preparing myself. 
whenever that day comes. Shout out to moms. Yes. We love you. Yeah, they rock. But I think you just kind of get in that mode of like fight or flight. I need to just do it. But they're probably exhausted 99% of the time. (laughs) And to be clear, I was not laughing at you when you were saying like you were trying to get home from work. I was like, yes, I felt it. We've all, the transition from like, and you were an athlete. Like, let's be clear. I was doing almost nothing in university. <laughs> like that was a shocking transition yeah. for sure. But it's part of it and you learn and, you know, you find a way basically. <laughs> We're growing up. And I think it gets easier when you find a career or passion that gets you out of bed and that gets you excited. But when you aren't used to that kind of like structure in a workday, it seems so cumbersome of every task. You're like, it's only 1030 in the morning. I have an entire day. Right. And I, I mean, I, like I, we go back to that feeling of stopping a puck compared to sitting at your desk and looking at a screen is, is not very comparable. So very uh, different. Yes. Very different and an adjustment, but you just try to apply those skills and find, and find ways to make it fun and to learn and enjoy it because I mean, it's, it's work. You, you have to do it. You have to work. You have to be doing something. You just hope that it's something that you love. Mm. Do you hope to get back? Do you hope to go into coaching at some point, Taylor? Mm-hmm. I, I do do it once in a while, just, you know, on the side as like a volunteer. But um, once I have, I'm back to that structure of a, of a job and, and somewhat normal life, I would love to kind of be a part of, be a part of that and to get back to the game because I do miss it. Totally. How, and Ashley, you probably have questions and like they're on a path, as you know. <laughs> I'm going on a different path, so I'm sorry. <laughs> how would you like? How would you like to see kind of hockey change in the next 15 years? Like, what do you want to see? And like, maybe even beyond ha- hockey for kind of female athletics in general. I mean, I think obviously I, I would love to see it be more prominent on TV and be broadcasted and, and to be. I want. To, I don't want to say equal, but I think to be comparable, I think, to the, to the men's side and to the men's, um, leagues. But I think that overall, I just want, it'd be cool to see a girl like grow up and just know that she could play in a professional league and to, and to make money or to go and, and to be a part of, you know, whatever sport she may be and to be a pro. And I think if we could get there, that would be awesome. And not necessarily to the point where it's, equal necessarily it's just comparable it's something that when you start playing hockey you can say oh when I grow up I want to play in the NWHL or when I grow up I want to play in the women's soccer league or and have that be kind of like a well-known thing it's not just a, a shot in the dark it's 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 an actual dream that you can you know do an um, opportunity totally yeah exactly I love that because I, I think really that looking forward to the women's world championship that were, were they supposed to be now or in like a month yes. or something mm-hmm. in Halifax, but then they got canceled obviously yeah. because of, of COVID. But I know, I think that it was completely sold out and people were so excited about that. So I, I hope that things do change for sure to be more, I guess, like front and center and maybe not quite as much as men right away, but just to have more opportunities for women to, to see those potentials and, to see that there are role models and people out there that are like young girls who, who they might relate to. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like I said before, it's just a process and it's a, 
it's a gradual thing, but I think just over time, it'll grow get there. I also don't think we should be afraid to say like at some point could have equal pay and things like that. Well, like, I, I think, yeah, I think that nice. should be the dream if we're going to set it. Absolutely. <laughs> like we need to take these steps. Totally. But, but it's nice to hear that conversation and that you're yeah. thinking, because like, to be fair, I mean, you're younger than we are, but you're, you're so lucky, lucky in your youth. <laughs> Ashley and I are becoming old ladies. Um, but like growing up totally, that wasn't even like in the realm of possibility. And like you even saw with, you know, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, like one of his big missions was to make women's basketball something that is like a leg- that is valued and appreciated as much as men's basketball. And you're starting to see finally, I mean, the WNBA has been around for ages, but you're starting to fi- finally see those women being actually paid more um, in, in kind of respected for their talents and for their yeah. work and abilities. So it's nice to start seeing that this is actually, you, you know, you would go away to go to school and now it's like, Oh wait, we can actually talk about this being part of the future. And I think part of that too, is what you're saying that respe- being respected, I think um, in general, you know, equal pay would be amazing, but I think that to have women be able to be seen for their talents and to see their skills kind of shown off, I think that whole part of it is is super crucial and it's it's important too. As as much as equal pay and being equal to the men's side is important, I think it's just as important to showcase, you know, what the women's game or what the women's sports can do and just, you know, showcase their hard work and their talents. And maybe not always compare men to women in sports because we are different, but like you're saying, if you just showcase and and kind of appreciate exactly what women are able to do in sports and how good they are and just leave comparisons alone. I think people would really kind of see it in a different light. It's a very, I don't know. It's a very strange thing. I think when, I don't know. Yes. Physically we're different. Although I will say shout out to the Saint of X women's rugby team, who I'm pretty sure could have destroyed the men's men's rugby team any day. (laughs) (laughs) There's some amazing female. Did you have, um, I guess, like someone you looked up to when you were younger, Taylor, that was a female role model? I didn't have one specifically, but it's funny because I remember going to, I had like, I had, I had a lot. So I would go to camps and I remember that like some camps I would go and I'd be like one of maybe two or three girls. And then sometimes I would go to an all, an all girls camp. And I remember there'd always be, I, sometimes I wouldn't even really know the girl that much, but there would always be an older girl kind of like demoing the drills or she would be the leader of the camp. And I remember always thinking like, I want to be like her. I want to be like them. And I think that when I look back, all of those girls that, you know, maybe they played university at the time, or maybe they played two or three levels up for me, those girls served as my role models because they were kind of the, um, they were competing with the boys at that time where they were showcasing their skills. So for me, it wasn't necessarily like a celebrity or a well-known hockey player by any means. It was more so these girls that were immediately like the, they were helping me change my game to be, to be a better hockey player, but they also were showing me that I could take it to the next step where I could be competing with the boys or I could be a really good skater and be better than the boys. And so for myself, when I think about coaching, that that's what I want to do. That's what I want to showcase. I want to show the girls, okay, this is where 
I was, I was sitting in your shoes. This is where I am now. And you can do that. And I think that when it's right there in front of you, it's a lot easier to imagine yourself being able to do it. Whereas sometimes if you're looking at a player, a female hockey player that played for hockey Canada or whatnot, that's a, it's a huge accomplishment and I'm sure they're role models, but it's hard to see that just because it's so, um, it's still so, um, not rare, but it's still, it's just not yeah, common maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that, yeah, for me, it was like these, you know, they probably didn't even know that they were my role models and I grew up and I was like, Oh, I want to be like boots or I want to be like her. And that was just how I kind of modeled my game, I guess, or who I wanted to be. That's dope. Yeah. That's so nice. And like, I think speaks a lot to the community and like the impact that coaching has and even just like taking part in helping players coming behind you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's cool. And I think, like I said before, it's, it was female hockey was still growing so much here. So to see a girl that was playing for Dalhousie was a huge, it was a big deal. And for me, I was like, Oh, I want to be like them or I want to carry myself like them or you try to like tie your skates like them or you just kind of walk the walk. And I think, yeah, it was, it was a really cool, um, I'm glad that I was able to reflect on that because I really don't have like one specific, but I just remember like there was these girls that as I was growing up and playing and trying to be better, like there was these girls along the way that were kind of like these benchmarks that I was trying to be. That's so awesome. I love that. I know my heart is so happy. <laughs> yeah, maybe someone will think that way about us someday. <laughs> I'm praying for those people. God love you. <laughs> but I think it's really nice. That's such a, it's so nice to have role models in your community. Like you said, that are at that university level that you're like, I can do that. I can get there. I'll go to university. It's not necessarily someone that's at a celebrity status it, it seems like you can feel and envision that you could be her too which which is I love that yeah yeah I think it's nice just kind of the to be honest this is a totally new realm for me I know Ashley you had a brother you grew up in the hockey scene I grew up in the ballet scene in Newfoundland, so very different yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's I'm making things up, obviously. <laughs> but it's nice to hear, Taylor, your vision for, you know, it's nice to hear such a beautiful experience that you had and how you've been able to transition and take that experience and bring it to the rest of your life. And also the vision you really set and see for the future of women's hockey and like women's athletics. Like I'm, I'm loving it. I just think it's you such a nice vision for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I just believe in it. I really do. I think that especially when you, I don't want to say you live it, but you just reflect on when, where you started and where it was, like we were saying before, when you can actually physically see it, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what is reassuring and what reminds you that like it will, it will happen. It just takes time and, and some patience and hard work. Love it. Here's an unimportant question. Okay. Well, it's not unimportant. <laughs> How in shape were you? when you were playing hockey all the time like how oh well, my god she, i mean you're probably I, you're, I can see you through the screen you're already like super in shape but <laughs> but you're a big <laughs> runner now right taylor yeah so actually it's funny so i, I mean training for hockey was so different 
it was, I was disciplined, but I remember in the summers, like it would be, you were training every day or eating the right things. And it was, you know, you felt really good. And then the season would kick in and, you know, it was okay if you, you know, ate a couple donuts here and there, like had some Timbits or whatever, like, you know, it was just part of that. But in the summer, it was very like regimen. And now, um, like Ashley was saying, I started running, which when I was playing hockey, I hated running. I despised it. There was not, I would look at people running on the street and think like, why would they put themselves through that? (laughs) And then there was people that would be talking and like chit-chatting when they were going for a jog. And I was like, how is that even possible? Like, that's not, that's not even a thing. Like, why would you, if you're going to talk to someone, just go have coffee and sit down and chat. (laughs) You poor souls. Yeah. So, um, for some reason, I don't even know how it happened. I started going for run. I think I was trying to find something when I would, when I would go to the gym after um, work, you know, once in a while. Um, the days you could. I, yeah, all the good days. I I didn't love it. You know, I wasn't finding like happiness in it. And I was like, this is, this is not working. So I would go for a run. And it started out being like maybe 20 minutes. It was a very short run. I hated every moment. Of it. But when I came back, I felt better. And my friend and I, we, we started going and we actually started like chit-chatting and I was thinking I, I'm becoming like one of those people <laughs> and um slowly it just kind of stuck and I think it, for the first time since like post hockey running kind of served as I want to say comparable but it was an outlet because I felt like when I would go for runs it was almost like when I was in the net there was these ebbs and flows you know constantly one minute you were loving it the next minute you were like oh I'm going up a hill this is terrible then you reach the top of the hill and you're back on this high or you're thinking about your day and there's just it's just you and your mind kind of your thoughts Mm -hmm. and um yeah so I kind of started loving it and then I trained and I did the the half marathon in Pittsburgh last year and after I ran I was like I'm doing the full marathon 100 percent and what yeah so my friend was like well why don't you give it some time so I said okay so probably a month later I was like there's no way that I could do that again, like do a whole half marathon and then have to run it again. And I don't know. I just ended up, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So ironically, I think I was in shape when I was training for hockey, but the most in shape I've been was when I was training like for the marathon. But I think it's cool that I was, again, we go back to those transferable skills is that the things that I learned the training habits and the regimen that I learned from hockey and training there, I was able to apply to something that was a new love or a new enjoyment that I wouldn't, I shouldn't even say enjoyment because at, at a certain point it's not enjoyable anymore. It doesn't matter. Like when you run, when you end up running that far, like it's just, it hurt, everything hurts, but I love your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Running's hard. You have to get in the mind. If you're not in the mindset, then it's, you might as well just stay home or go for a walk or something. It's just not totally it's difficult, but yeah, it's certainly, That's awesome. we didn't get to do it because of the, the virus, obviously. So you didn't get to run your marathon. No. So all that training and we weren't able to run it. Oh my God. When was it supposed to be? May. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it was probably, it was canceled. 2021. Yes. So I, I <laughs> there's always I, next year. I did a test run of the training and then I'll, I'll be ready to go for next year. But yeah, it's really cool. And I, again, like I said, it was the first kind of sport or thing that I kind of found that was comparable to, to being on the ice again. 
I try and run. I mean, I'm like a five, six K or person and then I'm out, but I've also had three knee surgeries and I'm just like, this yeah, it's just not for me. It hurts. And I think by the time I'm 60, I'm going to be in terrible, like worse conditions. So I pray for your and your brother's <gasps> knees. When you tell me you guys are going running, you shouldn't just I don't. Know. I don't know what's wrong with <laughs> us, but I think it, yeah, it's definitely something I feel like people are determined with running and were built to run. And I feel like I'm neither of those. <laughs> no, but that you think that. And then once, I mean, maybe you, like you said, you had your knee surgery, so you might not want to, but I think that's a, a mindset that people have. Like, I always thought like, oh, there's no way that I played hockey. I, there's no way that I'm built for running mm-hmm. and I, you start doing it and you don't really care about what you look like at the end of it. Although I don't think I've ever seen a video of me running and if I did, I don't know if I would, I don't know. If well, I there, would. There's like <laughs> weird shots towards the finish line. Yeah. When look. We did do the 10 K last year's there, the, the blue nose, which obviously is oh. not happening, but yeah. I mean, that was good. There's I'm an good. optional blue nose that we could, I don't know, we're in June. We've missed it. <laughs> I was going to say we could run it remotely, Ash, but it's okay. done. I would do it. I mean, I have my spin bike right beside my desk. That's kind of like the, the cardio knee friendly Right, I'm into. You spin, Taylor, and I will run. Yes, well, call it's, me. It's you can chit chat like all the ladies. <laughs> um, but there's so many like really cool um, exercise classes, or there's you know group settings, which I feel like is super relatable to like a team atmosphere too. Mm-hmm. Not, not running, there's just you know, this huge assortment of you know different workouts that you probably never heard of. Like there's this climbing, the climbing classes, or the um, the Zumba classes, like there's all these different assortments and I'm like, wow, like the world is really my oyster at this point. Like I can try anything. I know. <laughs> and you can do it virtually right now, which is super cool. Do you golf at all in the summer? I, uh, I don't, it's, it, it's work in progress for me. I'm trying to get better. Maybe we should all golf together because I'm trying to, Let's. I feel like that's the only thing I just watched the last dance, like the Michael okay. Jordan documentary. And I'm like, I want something really competitive right now. What can I try and like challenge? I'm sorry, myself? golf is the first thing that comes to mind. Well, yeah, because I feel like mm-hmm. I'm I would be able to improve. You know what I mean? Like I could I would be able to see the progression. Here's where I am, and I'd be like like I throw things. I would. Yeah, I, I'm very. She's an angry golfer, Taylor. I'm an angry golfer. Oh, Tennis, forget it. Like my racket smash because I just am so competitive. So I feel like golf is that like edge, you know, you just have to make sure that there's no one in front of you or behind you so that you can actually, you know, you can throw your club or something if you have to. I know Jeff literally dies laughing. He's like, this is so entertaining. I want to golf with you all the time. Speaking speaking of Jeff, I see in our little document, Sarah has a question that came from, we have one viewer listener question. One, one, One question from Jeff Keel, Ashley's husband. Taylor, this is a hard-hitting question, so just zone in for a moment for us, if you could. <laughs> I I hear you and Sydney are quite competitive with each other. Is that true? Yes. But Has I, it all? Tell but us. I feel like it's kind of past. It's I don't want to say past. It's like a quiet competitiveness. Okay. What does that mean? Like I, I don't think that we're outrightly like saying, "Oh, like let's go try this." Like I'll be <laughs> more like we're doing. I hope not. <laughs> 
you know, if we're say I use like driving a car, for example, like if we were trying, if I was driving a car and he was driving a car, like getting from point A to point B, we would secretly be trying to compete who got there the fastest. But it's like an, it's not a and like argue over which route was the best strategy to get there. Right, but it's not talked about. It's just kind of like it, it's just there. But I think that that's the same in any, you know, sibling battle. I love that. I I could agree. I think yeah. I think that that's so true. Who, who often wins though? Like that's the real question. So well, I, so I would say he does, but then I would argue that I'm more the type that I'm not going to sit there and argue with you and and say like, oh, I won until my face is blue. But so I would say, okay, you won. But he was going to say, oh, like so I'm. I would say, oh, I I let him win, but. <laughs> He would probably say, no, I won. So that's another, it's just, it just is an ongoing battle, but you can never win it. So yeah, it's just, it's I love that. a good thing that we don't live together at this point where we had time apart because it probably would have been more of a battle, but um, yeah. That's amazing. You I know feel what? like my brother and I aren't that competitive because I think he's really probably scared of me. I'm a hundred percent. He's scared of you, Ashley. I'm technically like, I, I just turned 33 and he's 35 or he will be 35 uh, this summer, but I feel like I'm 10 years older than <laughs> But with Jeff, everything's a competition. We play cards and I'm just like so angry about, I'm like, why can't I beat you at anything? Cause Jeff's not as scared of you. Like Greg's scared. Like we could all, no offense, Greg, um, we love this you, is Greg. not going to go over well. Um, we could all make Greg cry. He's afraid of us. <laughs> and like, Jeff isn't afraid of, of you, Ashley. No offense. Well, I he don't should think be. he should. I, well, yeah, the, that means every good relationship is built <laughs> on fear. <laughs> oh my God. But I think I, you know what, Taylor? On the Rival and Queen podcast and in the network of our listeners, we will back you and say that you are the winner. You're just not going to argue about it. You're the winner in our eyes. <laughs> just let him know that the next time that you guys are competing. Should be like, if we call up the Rival and Queen gals, they'll vote. <laughs> Taylor, what are you most excited about this summer? I know there's no hockey school, which I was so excited about happening, and that's on the back burner because of COVID. So what 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 do you have planned? To be on, I so I want to do so. This is it's it's funny. This is the first summer that I'll actually have that will be almost like a, a real summer. So, um, you know, up until this point, every summer was either I had like a part time job, I was training, or I would only be home for like maybe five days or just for the camp. So I wasn't actually able to go and explore and do all the hikes and the Nova Scotia type tours and, and the fun stuff that everyone like actually tourists come here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm hoping that when everything kind of goes back to normal that I'm able to experience those, the hikes and, and do that sort of stuff. Um, but there's so many good hikes and beaches and coffee shops, all that fun stuff. Um, yes. But yeah, so that's what I'm excited for. But I think in general right now, I'm just excited to be able to like maybe see my parents and give them a hug or, you know, the very bare necessities at this point. (laughs) Hugging. We're all for it. Yes, exactly. You're going to have a full Nova Scotia summer. That's amazing. I feel like everyone thinks that way right now, just staying in your 
region, supporting local businesses and local, um, even just the cottages and things that you may never have went to and visited and rented and kind of just exploring all of our beautiful province. I know we're going to do that, Sarah. We're going to Cape Breton next weekend. Next weekend, girl. Just for like a vacation. I, I yeah we can get away we're we can get away really a staycation I guess or is that just when it's is a staycation you I know what like- I'm gonna say yes but mm-hmm. I've never been to Cape Breton other than to drive through and go to uh what? go to Newfoundland what you've never been to Cape Breton well Ashley we all know my thoughts on this let's not bring it up on the podcast. but we're going to stay in those really cool <laughs> those domes Oh, don't no, not like it. Cape Breton, just for the clarity. Okay. okay. No shade on Cape Breton. We I just like Cape. Newfoundland more. The glamping or something? Is it the no, glamping? It's yes. Well, it kind of is, but it's essentially you're in the cottage and then the whole front of the cottage is this big window dome and there's a hot tub and everything and oh, you're just wow. looking at the Bador Lake. So we're so That's excited. A vacation. Yay. Yes. You know what? It's a COVID vacation. Yes, Absolutely. We're very excited. Well, you have to let me know how it is. Maybe I'll, I'll make my way up there eventually. Absolutely. We'll get Taylor, you on FaceTime. This has been so good. We love to ask all of our podcast guests one final question, and that is what lights you up right now? What are you most excited about in life? It could be anything. It could be you and Henry drinking coffee. Henry's the cat for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think, well, obviously with, the circumstances now, I think it's just getting back to normal and being able to see your friends and have that kind of normal socialization and, and, you know, go to a restaurant and go shopping and and do kind of the the normal things. But I think too, what has been lighting me up, I guess, is just being kind of back into nature and being on the lake and kind of just having a cup of coffee and kind of taking a moment to, um, to be with myself and to really just reflect on, the things I'm grateful for and, you know, the opportunities that I've had and, and kind of just reflect on my own experiences to this date and just moving forward. What am I going to do to be a better person? What am I going to do to, to keep being better and to, you know, just make the most of my time here. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that Dartmouth is much different than Pittsburgh. I've been there many times, so I'm sure you can really appreciate the the nature and and that quiet time at home. That's Absolutely. nice. Yeah. Although shout out to Pittsburgh. We thought it was a great city. I had a great oh, time when we were there. There's tons of bridges. It's, it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. We it's went, great. Sarah came to the, um, what was the event called? It, I don't know. The Valentine's Day one. Yes. 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 So we, we hit, we took them through all the, all the hot spots. It was a great yes. time. We loved it. Yes. But there's nothing like home. That's what I. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being around, I mean, when you're away, you do miss just running into people and seeing family. So that's nice. We're happy you're back. Happy to be back. I'm happy you're back. (laughs) And I'm happy to meet you. (laughs) And hopefully we'll reconnect again over. Yeah. Before we end, our favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Westy Grams. It's a made up game. You've probably never heard of it. So it's all good. Really easy because we're playing virtually. All you do is pick a number between one and 87. And I'm going to read you a question. Then Ashley will go. Then I'll go. We'll all answer one. Okay. So I, I just pick it. 
any number between we usually have cards it's not usually a number format it's usually these cute okay. little westy cards um 29 20 was that is that your number and yeah i knew you i knew you were gonna pick that and i meant to tell sarah i was gonna look up your number and say make sure that's a good question <laughs> i think it's a great question okay. okay bubbles or no bubbles in your bath bubbles 100 really yes. do you like baths i love baths i it's like part of my routine at this point of the quarantine it's sometimes it's a bath and a shower in a day because you have i love both very clean <laughs> you sound so clean <laughs> i love it ash what number would you like my darling i'm gonna go with 42 42, 42. Ashley, is weed for you? No, it is not. <laughs> it's not. Why are you looking at me for anyone watching the video? But no, I mean, I like wine better. I'm not a cannabis person, Sarah. I'm just, just all not. good. I know it's legal. I know it's fine. It's just not for me. No shade. All good. Taylor, well, you live in the States, so just don't answer this one. It's not for you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with 52 for some, for some weird reason. Um, you can jump in a time machine. Would you go to the past or the future? Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to go to the future. I'm just going to roll the dice. Normally I would go say like, let's go to the past and see what's no, I don't want to go to the past. I'm going to be honest There's with you. There's too much <laughs> shit that happened in the past that you'd have to deal with. Here's the reality. I'm not good at cleaning. <laughs> not, I'm not good at like not being able to do what I want. The past is not for me. <laughs> I don't think I'd thrive there. You'd be in jail probably. I would be you jailed. Locked up. Totally. I'm completely jailed. And like, uh, so women's rights, very happy they have advanced. I'm, I'm betting on the future. <laughs> Taylor, where would you go? Past or future? <laughs> I think the future would be cool, but part of me, I don't want to, I want it to keep it a surprise, but I think it'd be mm. cool to see it. Like, I want to see it, but I don't know if I... It'd still be a surprise, though. Like, you don't know what you're going to. That's true. Yeah, I would say the future. The past is the past. You learn from it, move on. The future would be cool to see. Mm. Ash? What women's hockey is like then. Yes. Well, I... I don't want to go, I look at this two ways. If I could go back perhaps and redo things in the past, I'd be into that, but I'm not going back to like 1920 or anything like that. Yeah. Like that's crazy. So I would probably, it depends how far back I could go. I don't know. You I'm going to go as far back as you want. You want to go back to see the dinosaurs? We yeah. can make it happen. <laughs> I mean, maybe. now. <laughs> It might give you a better appreciation for what we have now. If you do, you know what we could past. do. I'd go back to when Shopify was trading at like ninety nine dollars. <laughs> Buy a bunch of that, cash that in. Now, yeah, you'd be rich, and you could take Taylor and I somewhere amazing. Let's go, girls! I'm down. No more awesome. staycations for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get the private here. plane. We're off to Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Taylor. It was so nice to see you and catch up. And oh, we just had so much fun and we appreciate you spending this time with Sarah and I. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. It's been so, so nice to learn about this and you've opened my eyes. It's great. <laughs> 
Hi, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We love hearing from you. So please let us know what you think. You can email us at rivalandqueen at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. You can find us on all social handles at Rival and Queen. Thanks, guys.